Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to debate the Oscar winners with that friend of yours who never even watches all the movies. This week, we're doing something a little different and spending the entire episode discussing 2016 as a whole. We'll talk about the best, the worst, and all the stuff in between, so stick around to find out how 2016 shook out for the three of us. And now, here are your hosts, Hamby, Cassidy, and me, Crystal. On this week's episode, we are going off format to have a 30-minute discussion about 2016 as a whole and our thoughts on the year in gaming, what games we loved, what games we possibly didn't love quite as much, and everything in between. So I guess we could start on a less good note and then we could move to all the awesome stuff potentially. So the first category we're going to talk about is our biggest disappointment of 2016. And for... A disclaimer, uh, none of us have played every single game that was released in 2016. Some of us have only played a very small percentage. Uh, I have so many games from 2016 that I didn't get to play. So all of our opinions are based solely on the specific games that we each played, and they are not representative of what the actual best games of the year potentially are. And obviously best is subjective anyway, but so nobody send us nasty emails about why we didn't include something because chances are I even played something and forgot about it, which, you know, that happens. And that's why for my New Year's resolution, I'm now tracking my plays. So I'll be able to look in the future and see what I played. But so biggest disappointments. Uh, Did anybody have anything that did not hit the mark for them this year? So... I've got one. Um, I talked about Mythos Tales in an earlier podcast and how it was pretty fun. It was like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, but more thematic, I thought. But um, we just finished all eight scenarios in the book, and there were a lot of errors in the cases that made some of them unsolvable. And that was pretty disappointing for me because like it's a one-time playthrough for each case and if it's unsolvable because of a typo or an error or something just missing that should be there then it's kind of sad like we still enjoyed playing it and the story was really great but (laughs) but it was just disappointing because like we wouldn't get to the answer and then we like look at the solution and it's like oh we couldn't have done this so that's such a bummer yeah my friend Kathy, I think, just picked it up recently, and she and I were going to play through it. So now mm-hmm. I'm kind of... But I think she's she's good about looking at BGG to see... Yeah, I think there, there's a lot of errata. Like, there are some typos on the map, too. So I think they've already, like, put some stuff on the on BGG about that. Oof, but with a game like that, <laughs> that's that's a almost a deal breaker there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little rough. I don't really want to say this is a disappointment, because I had a child, but... <laughs> I actually wasn't really able to play a lot of 2016 games, and in not playing a lot of 2016 games, I don't really have a biggest disappointment, because (laughs) I just didn't play enough, and I enjoyed everything that I did play, so yeah. Well, that's also a plus, though, that the things that you did get to play, you liked, so that's Uh, kind of cool. I've been pretty particular about what I play lately for obvious reasons like I usually just won't play something if I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy it and I think I kind of do that too but then I also am willing to like kind of my friends have different tastes in games so sometimes I'll try stuff that's outside of my comfort zone and then sometimes that goes well and sometimes it doesn't 
Uh, for me in 2016, I think my biggest disappointment would probably be Cry Havoc, which, and that's not to say that I disliked it or that it's a bad game because neither of those things is true. But I, I think I had hyped it up in my head a little bit too much. Like I was expecting something kind of like Blood Rage, but like way better. And while I liked it, I don't like it as much as Blood Rage. And so it was disappointing because I was kind of like, ah. And this, I don't know if this fits or not, but it's because it's weird to say something disappointed me that I didn't actually play. <laughs> but Seafall was released this year. And because I loved Pandemic Legacy so much, I was kind of amped about the next legacy game coming out and then and I had avoided specific information about the game for a while and then as people started talking about it I realized that mechanically Seafall was not a game that I would enjoy truthfully like just not that it's poorly made or anything like that but just the gameplay itself is not something that's up my alley so I had to realize that even though I was excited about it it was a game that I probably shouldn't even try and dive into so that was kind of a bummer as well. So the disappointments, they are what they are. But let's move on to something more fun. Anybody have something that surprised them? Your biggest surprise of 2016? I'd say Clank was my biggest surprise. I didn't even like look at this game until it was it was suggested by someone else. And then I looked at it and they're like, yeah, it's a deck builder and it's a dungeon crawler. And I'm like, really? It's both It's both of them? <laughs> really? I don't know. And they're like, oh, just give it a chance. And I'm like, uh, and then I did. <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed it. I've played it a handful of times now. And it's, uh, it's one I'm looking forward to picking up. Clank was definitely fun. I got to play it for the first time recently. And you were correct that it is fun. And it's definitely, while I don't like a lot of deck builders, it is a deck builder I enjoy. My biggest surprise is probably Adrenaline. So I usually don't like area control games or like direct conflict, but I had a lot of fun playing Adrenaline. <laughs> I guess because the area control, even if you don't have the majority, you still get some points. So it's not like an all or nothing thing. And it doesn't, it's not terrible like getting shot and getting killed because you just respawn. So like there's not much of a setback. Whereas I think I don't like area control games where you just get nothing and then have to restart and have no points at all. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun playing Adrenaline. It was it felt super thematic too, which was really fun. Is that, I could be completely mistaken, is that the one that people liken to a first-person shooter yeah. video game? Yeah, yeah. So you collect okay. these guns and then you shoot other people. Okay. So That sounds interesting. I haven't tried it. Yeah, it's basically an area control game where you're, the area is the other players. Ooh. <laughs> because you're shooting them. Okay. And like you have wound tokens on them. I think my biggest surprise of 2016 would be Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. I went in expecting to enjoy it, but it's funny because I had had the original Mansions of Madness sitting on my shelf for like a year and a half, I think, and I'd never played it because the setup was such a beast. Like, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to teach this game because I don't even, like, it was just too much to get into. So when my friend offered to bring over the 2nd Edition... I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to try that. I have the first edition. And, man, the app for that game just blew me away. Like, it makes it so streamlined, so easy. I like the game. I like the theme. Everything about it is just wonderful. Uh, I haven't bought the second edition yet, but I'm definitely going to be. And then I can add my first edition components into it, which is cool. But I was surprised at how spectacular it was. 
All right, so this category is a little out there, but we wanted to talk about the quirkiest game we've played this year. And for me, I got Escape Room the game for a Secret Santa gift. And Escape Room the game is like a, an escape room, but a board game. So an escape room is usually like you go to this actual room and there's a bunch of puzzles in the room and you're trying to get out as a team. But then in this board game, there's four different escape rooms and there's a decoder device that has a timer in it and you put batteries in it and then you put like keys in there and it tells you whether you you successfully escaped or not. So that was pretty fun. Like it had some cool puzzles and it had the puzzles were split out so multiple people could be working on it at the same time. Some of the puzzles were a little annoying with uh, you like either got it right away or you didn't get it and you needed to use hints. But like mostly it was pretty good experience and it's the best escape room board game I've played out of <laughs> two of them <laughs> and it seems like there's more of those coming so yeah like that's a trend right now for sure yeah but it's definitely a one-time play because once you play yeah once you, you know solve it, escape. it's solved right <laughs> yeah so is it are the components obviously you know these solutions now so you mm-hmm. can't play it again but are the components reusable in yeah. that you could sell it to somebody else yeah yeah you can and then there are some where you can like write or fold the components and then they have on their website you can reprint it oh well, that's so, cool yeah mm-hmm. i my quirkiest game i hadn't even heard of until it was put into my face and said somebody said you should do this and it was box of rocks which <laughs> Is a trivia game where you're literally competing against a box of rocks, and it sounds like the stupidest thing ever. And it was so cute and fun because the box is surprisingly smart, <laughs> and it's just hilarious to get beaten at a trivia game by a box of rocks. And it's tiny, and it's—I mean, there's no real depth there, you know, as a trivia game, but. I uh, I think as a quick filler, like if you're waiting for like one more person to arrive at game day or whatever, like it's a great little, hey, just pull it out, play it for a few minutes and put it away kind of game. And that's just, it's the, the theme is just hilarious. So, <laughs> all right. On this next category, if I remember correctly, I think we have a little bit of consensus going on. Like most of our categories, we've got some different answers. But when it comes to the most stressful game that we still enjoyed... Am I correct in saying that we're all kind of in agreement that Captain Sonar is our head and tails winner? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We, as a group, I don't think there were a ton of games this year that all three of us played. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, are, there might be a couple others, but Captain Sonar, we all played. We all loved. And at least for me, it definitely stressed <laughs> me out, but it, that did not detract from my enjoyment of the game in any way. Yeah. Yeah. It was stressful. I can't play any other role outside of the engineer because I feel like I would just like be under the table crying. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, for me, like other real time games, like I do enjoy um, Escape the Curse of the Temple, which kind of has a similar feel as far as the like stress is concerned Mm -hmm. because it's a little frantic and crazy. But like there are other real time games that I don't enjoy that much, like Space Team. Fuse. Yeah, oh, I've heard about that one. For our next category, we're going to talk about Kickstarter games. So I don't usually follow Kickstarter, but there are a lot of games that were released in 2016 that came from Kickstarter, and some of them you can even buy outside of Kickstarter. And so for my favorite, this was Millennium Blades, which is a, it's a game where the theme is a 
collectible card game. So you're like playing a collectible card game, you're buying booster packs, making your deck, going to tournaments, and it's all in the game. It's Millennium Blades is my favorite Kickstarter board game of 2016 as well. Like I think, what do I refer? I, it's like a it's a CCG tournament simulator. Yes, yeah, which is weird to describe a game <laughs> like that. But and it, um, I'm really bad at CCGs. <laughs> like I've tried playing Magic the Gathering with my husband a whole bunch of times, and I, it is not my forte. And I was also not great at Millennium Blades, but it was really fun. <laughs> I was surprised by the fact that I enjoyed it at all. Truthfully. <laughs> Yeah. It just seems like such a strange game. Like, I don't even think I would consider even looking at that. Like, what? I don't know. What? I would just play a CCG, thanks. Like, <laughs> but I, I this know. is like it, the CCG feeling without having to spend all the money to actually buy all the cards. That's that's a good point. It's. I think, Cassidy, I think you should give it a shot if you have the chance at some point. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, if I like it, then that's saying a lot because <laughs> I don't like CCGs. So. so my favorite or best Kickstarter that was released in 2016 is going to be Onami. I didn't even know it was on Kickstarter until a friend of mine brought it over after Gen Con. And I know I talked about this in an, in an older episode, but I absolutely love that game. And I, I've taken it to my board game nights at least once a month for since I got it. So it's really enjoyable. For our next category, we're going to talk about best card games and i i don't know if this is cheating or not it's it's all cards technically so probably not but uh for me legendary encounters firefly the deck building game is easily easily my favorite and also i had to shoehorn that game into this list somehow and this seemed like the best place to do it because it is all cards even though you're putting them out on a board technically so i think it counts as a card game but it's not light by any means. And it's hard. Oh my gosh, my friends and I still haven't won. We've played a few times and I still can't. <laughs> it's so hard. But I love it. I love it so much. Every time something from an episode pops up that was in the actual episode, I just am delighted every single time. <laughs> uh, my favorite card game from 2016 is probably going to be Beyond Baker Street. I just played Beyond Baker Street a couple of weeks ago and I hadn't heard of it. I didn't realize it was released just this year. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed this game. It's It plays a lot like Hanabi, for those of you familiar with that. For those of you not, it's weird, and the hardest part is figuring out how to hold your cards without actually looking at your cards. <laughs> for me, my favorite card game, well, I guess Millennium Blades, if that would count as a card game, would be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, that, but, that probably counts. But it's for cards, right? a smaller one that actually has card game in the name... Uh, Power Grid, the card game, is pretty good. So Power Grid, the card game, is basically like Power Grid, the board game, but without a board. And so in Power Grid, the board game, you're, you're buying these power plants and, like, powering them, and there's a map on the board where you have to, like, put your factories down. But the card game, it's just without any of that map building. So it's basically just an auction for the factories and then powering your power plants. I'm not a fan of Power Grid, the board game, but I have been interested in trying out the card game because it is shorter, just to see if I would like that more. But I'm not sure. It depends on why you don't like the board game. 
Well, <laughs> it, admittedly, it's been 10 years since I last played the board game. Literally, like mm-hmm. tw- 2007 is the last time I played it. So I feel like I don't know why I don't like it anymore, uh, okay. if that makes sense. <laughs> like, And I'm also a very different person than I was 10 years ago. Yeah. So for all I know, <laughs> I might like the board game. It's just so long that I'm like <laughs> hesitant to jump in knowing that I didn't like it at a certain point. I'm like, do I really want to spend three hours playing this game? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that you're probably still not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my assumption as well, which is why I haven't played it again. <laughs> But I know that a lot of people really like it, so. We recently had an episode about party games, so I'm not sure if what we're discussing will be similar to that or not, but I got to try uh, Insider, which Ambi had discussed on a previous episode, and man, Ambi, you were not kidding. (laughs) That game is fun, and what was really amusing in the most recent play of it or not the most recent but one of the times I played it is there was another guy in the group who is just really really good at like logic and deductive reasoning and I was the insider but he asked a like brilliant question that had so much to do with the thing and so everybody was like it's clearly him and I was like ha 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 <laughs> he he even argued well. He was like, "I'm this is what I do for a living, and this is my job. I'm really good at it." And it didn't matter. They still voted. For him. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a lot better at not um, trying to get the answer right away. <laughs> as as the not insider, you don't want to like actually ask really good questions because you want everyone to ask questions so you know who the insider is. <laughs> that nuance is definitely where yeah. I think it shines. Is uh-huh. like when you think you know you're getting on the right track, but you don't know who the insider is. You kind of have to drag it out. Yeah. But yeah, Insider is also my favorite party game of the year. Oh, my favorite party game for the year is Secret Hitler. I greatly dislike social deduction games. I do not ever (laughs) hide my hate for them. But I actually really enjoyed Secret Hitler. And I I don't know if it's because we get to possibly kill Hitler while we're playing the game. But that, that could really have something to do with it. <laughs> but um, I've, al- I've always had a great time every time I've played it. So that's definitely my uh, top party game for the year. I enjoyed Secret Hitler quite a bit as mm-hmm. well. So that's a good choice. So for the last category of our favorites of this year, we have our favorite game of the year overall. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is what we've been leading up to. <laughs> it's um, all been for this. Yeah. For me, uh, I was thinking Insider was my favorite game, but since I already talked about it, I wanted to talk about North American Railways, which also came out this year. It's a train game, which I guess could also be considered a card game because it's entirely cards that you're using. So you're buying different stocks of companies and... Uh, you have shared incentive in these companies and then you're trying to like buy trains for them and get money and I've played it with like my friends I've played it with my family and everyone has really enjoyed it so that's a good game you know I I'm I'm sitting here trying to think um when I was putting my notes together for the episode I was like do I really have a favorite game that was released in 2016 out of the like seven that I played and I really have to say that it's probably a tie between Captain Sonar and Clank I really enjoyed both of those games and I played both multiple times this year and I can't say that for a lot of the 2016 games that I played 
And this will probably not come as a shock to anyone who listened to our space-themed episode, but my favorite game of the year is Star Trek Ascendancy. And it's big, and it's sprawling, and it takes a long time to play, and I don't care at all. I loved it so much. I think it's at, it's it's in my top five games of all time. And uh, admittedly, I am kind of anxiously awaiting the new expansions, the Cardassians uh, and the Ferengi, to give it a little bit more uh, content. Um, and that's not to say that the existing content isn't replayable, but I think more stuff will make it even better. I don't want to play it with five people, but <laughs> I, I, at some point I might be a glutton for punishment and try that anyway, because I think it would be interesting. But yeah, Star Trek Ascendancy, for the theme especially, but the gameplay as well, uh, I just adored it so much. And I love, 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 love it. All right, so now that we're done discussing our biggest disappointments and our favorite games that released in 2016, what are some of the games that you were not able to play that were released in 2016 that you're really looking forward to still? Oh my gosh, there are so many games that I didn't play. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I was ser- Well, I seriously was like, okay, I'll write like two or three. And I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have <laughs> ten. I have ten games. And that's not even completely inclusive of all the stuff I missed and want to play. But those are the ones that I really want to play that I haven't yet. Uh, I think the, the big ones from my list, uh, Mechs versus Minions... I know it was such the hotness at the end of 2016. And I did just recently order a copy and it, the box is now in my house. But unfortunately, I have not been able to play it yet. Um, I was really interested in the asymmetrical game Vast the Crystal Caverns, which I know just recently kickstarted a second printing. Um, I did not back that on Kickstarter only because I'm not certain how much I'm going to like it. But I'm really interested in trying it out. And I'm also interested in the Arkham Horror LCG, which, mm. Ambie, I think you've played. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have never played an LCG before, so I'm a little bit wary of stepping in, but I think that that might be a game that my husband and I can actually play together, since he likes CCGs and I like board games. I think it's kind of a nice marrying of our two hobbies. In And he likes thematic stuff, too, so I think that we might have to pick that up and give it a shot. So yeah, there's a lot of games I haven't played too, and from listening to the favorites before, there's the ones I want to try are Mansions of Madness, 2nd Edition, uh, Beyond Banker Street, and Clank. And then other ones that I also want to try are 1859, which we actually own. It came from the Winsome Essence set this year, and we haven't played it yet. Uh, Pandemic Iberia, and Colony. But my friends own copies of those, so I'll probably get to play it at some point. Two of the games that I've desperately been trying to play this year are Cottage Garden and A Feast for Odin. I <laughs> want nothing but to play these games. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, Cassidy's friends, if you're listening. <laughs> no, they tomorrow. do this every episode. They'll, they'll like message me and go, oh, so I see you want to play this game. You know I have that, right? So we're playing it next week, right? Which is how that happens. <laughs> That's perfect then. So, all right, Cassidy's friends, it's on you. A Feast for Odin in Cottage Garden. You bring it to game day make and let Cassidy play it. I just haven't been able to make it to game day. So a category for this episode that was suggested by someone on Twitter. And of course, now I've forgotten his username, like a big jerk. But um, 
thank you to whoever suggested this, is what favorite games we played that were new to us this year. So they weren't released in 2016, but we played them for the very first time in 2016. So this might be hard for you guys to believe, but uh, 18xx games are new to me in 2016. <laughs> the first 18xx game so I played. Many of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the first one I played was in March of last year, and then I played a lot since then. And train games too, like all of those games I hadn't played before 2016. So those are definitely my favorites, new to me. So what was your what was your go to genre? in 2015 as a gamer like what like because it feels like you do gravitate now toward 18xx and train Mm -hmm. games a lot so i'd be curious to know what gaming for you was like before those existed i liked thematic euro games okay so you know like dungeon pets is one of my favorite games that yeah yeah yeah. like that (laughs) okay and vital de cerda (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i still like them Istanbul is my favorite game that's new to me for 2016. Uh, I really can't wait to get my hands on my own copy. I need to just go ahead and order it. I really like Istanbul. My favorite new to me game for 2016 would be uh, Medieval Academy. I have introduced it to almost everybody in my game group, and I've gotten, there's a shout out to my friend Kathy, who after I taught it to her, also became obsessed, bought it, and started teaching it to everyone as well. So between the two of us, there's almost always a copy of Medieval Academy laying around. (laughs) And it's so much fun, and I I love it. And it's it's light enough that you can teach it to pretty much anybody, but uh, the artwork's cute, the gameplay's great. Uh, and I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, which I talked about in a recent episode. Mm. I was highly impressed with that and recently played it and got to be the murderer. And it was super fun. Uh, now that we've discussed all of our 2016 dislikes, favorites, things we're looking forward to still playing from last year. What are you looking forward to this year? There is some good stuff coming out in 2017. I just have to say, I'm excited about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I maybe need to like look into what's coming out this year because I have no no idea at all. I'm sorry, everybody, I fail. Well, for me, I even though the whole Seafall debacle kind of happened for me and I realized I wasn't going to like it and I didn't play it, I am excited about Gloomhaven, which is also kind of in that same vein. I actually haven't looked up a lot of the details about Gloomhaven, but I know it's kind of legacy-esque, at least. Um, So I'm interested in that. Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is an easy choice for me because I adored Pandemic Legacy Season 1. And any new Time Stories expansions that come out, literally any of them, I don't care. I want them all. (laughs) And I've been waiting since, what, like July? Yeah, it's been a long time. And that was, technically, I don't even think the most recent one was released in July. It might have been. I don't know. It's been summer, since the summer, at least. And I'm desperate for more time stories. Uh, Oh, and I mentioned that Star Trek Ascendancy was my game of the year for 2016. And I think that the company that makes it, Gale Force 9, is probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest, publisher to take thematic IPs and turn them into really good board games. So I'm also excited about 
that a game that they're releasing this year called Doctor Who Time of the Daleks. And there are a bunch of Doctor Who board games that exist already, but I haven't really played many of them because they all seem somewhat mediocre. But this one looks really promising. So I'm excited to get another IP-based game from Gale Force 9 this year. I tend not to... uh get much hype about games that way I don't get disappointed but (laughs) you're um, smarter than I am probably (laughs) but I have been pretty excited for First Martians which is coming out in 2017. First Martians is like a successor to Robinson Crusoe by Ignacy Chevyshek. Oh I forgot about that one. (laughs) Yeah sorry (laughs) add that to my list also. (laughs) (laughs) Robinson Crusoe is a a cooperative game where you're like trying to survive on an island and first martians you're it's a similar game where you're trying to survive on mars and it's app driven and i heard there's going to be 16 scenarios so that's really exciting and i really loved robinson crusoe so i'm excited for first martians i did uh, robinson crusoe is great punishing and also a little <laughs> fiddly so i feel like with the app man that's going to take yeah, out the, the fiddliness oh god that's going to be so good i completely forgot about that one Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is really the only one I'm looking forward to at this point in time. Let's be wary of not spoiling anything from Season (laughs) 1, in case people are listening and haven't watched. But do we have any ideas for what they might do with Season 2? I'm kind of, like, in the dark. I feel like I really don't know. Yeah, I I haven't really thought about it much, but I I honestly don't want to think about it much, because I don't want to get my hopes up about one thing and then it not be there, so... I think for me, while the the base game of Pandemic with little additions was really good, I'm kind of hoping that they do something dynamically different with the mechanics, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not quite sure how to quantify that in real terms, but like, I hope that rather than just doing little things that they kind of go push it farther this time and whether that will go good or bad if they do it, I don't know, but I think it would be interesting to see it shift more away from the original pandemic. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. We'd love to hear what your favorite games of 2016 were, so let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or our Board Game Geek Guild. You can visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, to get links to all those social media pages and listen to our past episodes as well. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow, technical support provided by Toby Mal. Have suggestions for the show or just want to say hi? Shoot us an email at boardgameblitz at gmail.com. Until next time, happy 2017. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. I think... Uh... I don't want to. I don't want to keep saying. I think like I don't know the answer to the question. It seems weird for me to be like I'm guessing when it's not. I'm not guessing. I know.